Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Ewan Downey today. He's CEO at I-80 Gold Mines. Uh, that's this new venture having sold to uh, Premier Gold to Equinox. We talk about the three assets that they've got, the cash available to them, and the ambition of the man. If you want our thoughts and opinions, on that conversation, topics discussed, the, co- the assets, the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. We've got training courses on there, and we've done summaries of all the interviews that we've done to save you some time, because we know you're busy. But most excitingly of all, we've got a wonderful, thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, free from all that judgment, trolling, and abuse you see elsewhere. Where if that sounds nice to you, and I hope it does, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Ewan, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us. Have, have you had any time off? None. Uh, we got the takeover completed. Uh, the assets that went from Premier that went in Equinox were completed and uh, hit the ground running with I 80. Oh, boy. No time off. Okay. Well, about to hear all about it and why you got so excited. So um, thanks for joining us. I haven't, I haven't seen you for over a year. Uh, congrats on the deal. So that's completely done and dusted. No more, no, nothing else to be signed? Yeah, looking forward to seeing our, our hard rock asset that we had in Premier be advanced under the new Equinox banner and their their financial position to move that large scale operation forward. And allows me to get a bit of a rebirth starting uh, starting in a, a bit of a new place. We've uh, set up our, our head office in Reno and we're, we're trying to grow a new producer and developing a developer mine company in, in the state of Nevada. So, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, do you sort of look back uh, with some regret and go, oh, maybe we should have had a go ourselves? Do you think actually that was the right time for that deal? Uh, proud father syndrome. I think it was the, the right time for that deal. The Hard Rock project, uh, part of the Greenstone Gold Mine uh, that uh, here in northwestern Ontario is a large scale open pit, uh, pretty significant capital. And and after the lawsuit, which was uh, settled just before the takeover with Centera, uh, had a negative effect on our share price. We just we just thought it was the best thing to do without diluting our shareholders to the point where it may not have been accretive for, for the company. And and we get the spin co and Premier Premier itself was a spin out company and we get to do it again, so to speak. Okay. Interesting. Well, like I tell you what, why don't you give us a one minute summary for people, I think about a lot of people new to the story, uh, and I'll pick it up with some questions from there if you don't mind. Sure, IED Gold Mines is a, is the newest uh, on the Toronto Stock Exchange, the newest gold producer. The company uh, begins day one with production. We're a partner with Nevada Gold Mines uh, in the Carlin trend in, at the El Nino operating mine. And we have a what I think is a pure best growth platform. We've got three projects. They're fully permitted for development. And we have a very strong balance sheet as we start this company. We have about 80 or over 80 million Canadian in cash, no debt, and we have cash flow from an operation. And, and we are focused on building out our portfolio to become a multi-mine producer that generates significant cash flow. Okay. So 
One, I'm, I'm I admire us of the fact you didn't take any uh, time off to enjoy, enjoy your spoils. Uh, you got you've dug straight in um, uh, to set up I eighty. Why have you set it up like this? Was it just a case of anything we can get our hands on? Uh, we just want to get going again, or are these the projects that you would have wanted to, um, you know, take if you were writing this out on a piece of paper and planning it? Prior to announcing the deal with Equinox, we 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 press released that it was our intent to split up the company. The Premier was sometimes viewed as a, a difficult story to follow because we had a mine in Mexico. We had two projects in Canada and three projects in Nevada. And after we announced that it was our intent to break up the company, that triggered discussions with a, a couple of parties on what do you want to do with your U.S. assets? What do you want to do with Canada? And that led to the ultimate takeover of, uh, of Premier for the Mexican and Canadian assets. But it was already our intent to do this SPINCO. And we felt that the Nevada portfolio that are very high grade deposits in their own right. Uh, in fact, uh, several of them are over 10 grams per ton. And we just felt that we they were being underappreciated in Premier and the way to bring value to our shareholders was to spin them out and have a Nevada standalone company. And with the transaction with Equinox, they agreed that we could uh, we, we would still follow through with our, our spin call that we'd already started work on and they would be a major shareholder and a supporter of that company going forward. That was kind of an easy option for you because they were there, right? But and they're but they're you know we're looking at a um, you know, significant portion of it underground, which was not where you come from. So it was a case of let's just get something going and then we'll kind of build build up this mind building empire um, as we go along. Because at least they've at least they've got a little bit of cash flow and we can raise some money off the back of it. And no, we just uh, we we've got a plan. Um, to, we want to be one of the biggest producers in the state of Nevada. We didn't just uh, uh, cookie cutter premiere and put everybody into I-80. We, we formulated a, a new group, so to speak. Uh, we have several new board members, several new uh, people in management. Um, instead of being president and CEO, I'm the CEO, and we brought in a president and chief operating officer who has tremendous experience operating mines in Nevada. And um, and we really uh, we really feel we've got a platform to build a, a major or a mid tier mining company uh, organically because of our existing assets. And as part of the transaction, we acquired a new project, uh, what we call the Getcho property from Waterton, that will uh, we'll be embarking on a major underground and surface drill program here in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's interesting actually. I think water sensing water seems to be offloading a lot of assets at the moment. Are they trying to save up for Dumont or something? Uh, no, I think they uh, Waterton did a really good job acquiring projects when the gold market was down. Uh, they assembled a, a fair number of them throughout the United States and in Canada, and now um, some of them they are uh, they're selling and they're looking at what are their options to do with others. But I I think they did a a really smart, really good job uh, acquiring projects when everybody was selling. So let's talk about your team. Um, you've taken the chance to sort of change things up. Is that because the, the, the profile of the assets is slightly different from before? You need new skill sets um, in there. Was, was there a, a queue waiting to work with you given what you'd achieved at Premier? 
Uh, no, we, um, we, we, uh, I'm still in Thunder Bay uh, in Ontario and our main project was here in Northwestern Ontario with the, with the IED gold, everything is in Nevada. So we felt that uh, to build that company, we needed an experienced team that have experience building in Nevada and on our team, as I said, uh, Matt Beely, our president and chief operating officer was formerly the executive general manager of the Cortez district for uh, Barrick, which is one of the large operations within Nevada Gold Mines. And Brent Kristoff on our team, who also lives in Reno, used to uh, be the general manager of the Turquoise Ridge Mine, which is immediately north of our Getchell project. So to be successful here, I think it's, it was critical that we built a team that knows how to work and operate in Nevada, uh, deal with this, the ground conditions we may, may encounter, rather than bring our team who is more Canadian focused in sort of development and mining who didn't have that level of, of experience. So we wanted to make sure we set up the company with the proper group of professionals to build build it out. And I mean, right, you, you've got, you're listed on the TSX, um, 400 million-ish market cap company, US focused. Does that tell us at some point you're gonna have to make a move down south and list on the New York Stock Exchange? Yeah, that's our intent. We're currently working on an OTCQX listing because they're they're much simpler and uh, and more uh, we can get it done more quickly than you can listing on a full New York. But yes, it's definitely our intent to to list on uh, become New York listed. It's always been a goal of mine to sort of ring the bell in New York, so to speak, and uh, like to see that happen with I eighty Gold. And uh, what we just have to do is it maintain a $2 US share price for a certain period, and then we can apply for that listing. And, and, um, and we're there right now, and we're, we're getting ready to be a dual listed company, uh, US and potentially ultimately re-domiciled to the US so that we would be primarily listed in the US and uh, domiciled in the US, which would qualify us for a number of index funds that you don't qualify for as a TSX company. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you need to, well, I guess you've got a few, few things to do with the share price and market cap between now and then. Um, let's talk about the, these US assets. So South Arturo, you've, you've taken, you've got a 40% ownership of that. I mean, tell us, tell us about how much that costs, where the money's come from, who, who operates, et cetera. Yeah. The South Arturo project is a joint venture with Nevada Gold Mines. Nevada Gold Mines is the joint venture itself that was set up between the, the world's two largest mining companies, Barrick and Newmont, where they combine their U.S. assets. And the, the largest operation within the Nevada Gold Mines portfolio is the Carlin projects, uh, where they um, combine their mines along the Carlin trend. And in doing so, they consolidated the, the district. Uh, and it leaves I-80 Gold as the only operating company on the North Carlin that Nevada Gold Mines doesn't own outright. And we're their only operating partner. Uh, we bought the project from Gold Corp um, back in 2015. Uh, during that era was a bit of a period where the majors were shoring up their balance sheets, selling assets, and, we, um, and selling some non-core assets to do that. And we, we were successful at negotiating a deal to acquire 40% of Arturo. Uh, and a year later, the project went into production. So it became our company's first producing operation. It's operated by 
you know, the biggest miners in the world. Uh, so it's it's a fairly fairly easy project to advance for us. Uh, it's high grade underground, generates cash flow, and operated, as I said, by a world class uh, operating team um, at the Gold Strike Mine. So we're uh, it's been quite a quite a a great acquisition for us. It's already returned over 50% on our capital that we invested in acquiring it and building it. And because the ore is processed at existing facilities there, as we build out new operations, the capital cost is very minimal compared to trying to build a new mine as, as many companies are doing. So we don't expect to see a huge solution to build out a phase one operation and the the phase three project, which are the next two that we're hoping to build on the property. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, because you've kind of got a, a open pit option and you've got underground as well. So it's there's there's a few there's a few different ways that you can come at this. But just just reminding, what does that cash flow profile look like over the next two, three, four, five years? Um, that that will all be dependent on how quickly we build out the other operations. We're we're operating El Nino. El Nino is a relatively small, so with fifty to sixty thousand ounces a year underground operation where we get 40% of the gold, uh, but it's high margin because it's good grade. So we, we generate, um, it's producing at under $1,000 an ounce. Uh, cash costs are well under $1,000 an ounce. So that, that means we're, we're generating good cash on our roughly 20,000 ounces a year. But if we build or, or when we build the phase three project, that should double up our production from the property. And Assuming we build the heat leach facility associated with the phase one open pit, which could start this year, next year, and the following year, we have to we have to discuss as a partnership timing. Uh, we could significantly ramp up our production there and cash flow, and the capital costs for us to build the next two phases of mining uh, for our balance sheet would be less than fifty million. And I think that's amongst the the lowest in the industry where you can build two operations. Or under a fifty million in capital. Because I'm just I'm just hearing those numbers here. And do you think you're kind of getting a the the premier gold sale to Equinox premium at the moment for your market cap? How the people are valuing you today? Because you've got you've still got a ways to go on this project in terms of getting the production up. There's some cash flow, which is great. You're only at PEA stage with the uh, Gretschel project, and McCoy Cove is you know again you're, you you still got a bit of work to do on that. So. Do you think you've kind of got to backfill some of that valuation by some of the work you're going to do this year? No, I think, uh, actually, I think if you look at our peer group, you look at companies like Stabina, who's, uh, you look at North American developers or new mining companies, uh, Sabina, um, Artemis, who just took on the Blackwater project in BC, um, Pure Gold, who just built their single asset company with one mine in Red Lake producing under 100,000 ounces. These companies have market caps 50% to 100% higher than ours right now. So I think we've got a, a ways to go to catch up to some of this peer group. And you lead forward to companies like West Dome, who are smaller producers with some upside. Their market cap is three times ours. So I, I do think there's a, and then um, in that peer group, uh, some of the projects being in the Arctic or, or BC aren't like working in downtown Nevada. And Nevada just recently was was nominated number one by the Fraser Institute in, in terms of global attractiveness for mining investment. So we're in a t tier one jurisdiction. 
uh, very safe jurisdiction, uh, cash, cash flow, no debt, and a platform to build a company that will produce over 200,000 ounces a year. So, no, I think I think we're trading at the low end of our peer group right now. Okay, okay, I, I, I get the Nevada as, the, as a great jurisdiction. I do, I do get that. I think that's um, people say that a lot. But just coming on this valuation thing, because you mentioned a phrase earlier, which I thought thought was interesting in terms of you know the majors. Every now and again, they shore up their balance sheet and then they go out looking for deals because they also need to you know um, get the answers in the bag too. Do you do you genuinely think that the market is priced right at the moment? I know gold prices come off a bit, but I'm not sure. There's a lot of money in the market still. It's it's like the market hasn't listened uh, completely to all of the the metrics, and money is available, and it's and it's cheap money as well for all and sundry, good projects and bad. Uh, I I don't know. I think the market's been pretty soft for mining of late, and uh, the gold price is being caught in a bit of a a lull and there's been a lot of uh, uncertainty in which the direction it's going. So we've seen the, the companies trade off significantly from where they were six, eight months ago. And I think there's still a long way to go. I think the gold price should perform well in this current worldwide environment uh, longer term as people realize that, um, you know, this, this printing of cash we've seen over a while is, is going to come to roost and, um, I, I, you know, I'm not sure about the whole Bitcoin and Sahara platform. So I think gold's got a, a long way to go. It's going to have a, a great future. And, and the companies who have quality assets and quality jurisdictions will be the ones that perform the best. But that, that's the point, though, in all of this, Ewan, is I think a lot of companies last year got funded, which are just their momentum promotional plays. Companies with good fundamentals, you know, you'd argue yours is one of those, and you've listed a few others in, in this call, are perhaps not seeing as much attention because of the distractions elsewhere with these, say, momentum promotional plays, uh, and the money's being spread quite thin in the, in the gold space. Do you, do you think, what I'm trying to, work, trying to understand with it, where this goes this year, as an investor, where does this go this year? Do, you, do we see the the big boys having shored up their their balance sheets come and take out some of these perhaps slightly overpriced momentum plays do you are you going to be able to take advantage of that or companies like you going to be able to find capital easy to come by uh, and and do more MA to become a big us gold producer yeah i definitely think there's uh, there's continued opportunities the battery metals so to speak have been in the mining sector the hot the hot sector. So a lot of the money has flowed towards uh, nickel and um, palladium, platinum palladium companies. So it's taken a bit of the luster out of gold. But as we've seen, the mining uh, industry is typical being, typically being very secular. And one metal's hot one year, several years back, iron ore was all the craze and uranium. And uh, I do think that the gold companies, when you look at the performance at the even the current gold price, which is quite good, the performance of the, the producers, they're soon a lot of them are going to be completely debt-free, generating large amounts of cash. And I think uh, you compare that to the cash flow per share of, uh, say, a Tesla, 
and the gold sector just trades at a fraction. So I, I do think we're going to see uh, a, a, a rebirth in our sector as the companies continue to demonstrate that their their financial positions are, are tremendous. They're they're going to they're all starting to pay dividends to bigger producers, and those dividends are getting bigger and bigger. And you compare that the ability for them to generate the cash to do it to many of these um, either hot U.S. stocks that really generate no cash and have billions and billions of dollar market cap. I I I do think at some point. Uh, investors have to come back to true fundamentals, which industry is making money and generating real returns for their shareholders. And I, I'd have to say the mining industry is right up there. And uh, in this gold price environment, all companies who, are, who have good mines are generating lots of cash. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with a lot of what you said there. We've seen a lot of new investors come into the mining space. Right, but from from outside because they've seen all the successes of last year. Lots of people made lots of money last year. You didn't have to be too smart to make money in mining last year because most things went up. You know, gold had a, had a good year until the end of the year. Uh, in precious metal, I think you could argue that the battery metals saw you know great returns throughout throughout the year. Even you know the, the lithiums of this world, and these journalists think, oh, it's easy. This is investing business is easy because it's a bull market, uh, and therefore perhaps don't they don't need to be as switched on as perhaps seasoned mining investors who you know would fall back to some of the old adages like gold is a safe haven um, when markets you know are perhaps strained you know when people are print, when governments are printing money when there's a lot of debt around you know gold is the go to the obvious one but. It's, it seems to me there's a lot of investors out there perhaps looking elsewhere outside of mining. If, 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 uh, if markets do go, they're going to try and find other ways to invest their money. So, I don't know. I think that we've already seen a bit of an exodus out of the gold sector. The generalists really aren't there. They're not. They're, they're, if you look at statistics, typically the generalist investment community is very underweight in gold right now. And so we, I think we've seen that period of people flowing out of the gold sector. And now at some point, we should see that flow back, back in. Um, most of the gold stocks over the last, as I said earlier, last six, eight months are down. And um, to me, that means that they have been sold off. There's been a pretty significant, uh, every day, the, uh, the ETFs have seen redemptions, not increases for, for quite a while now. And, and like I said, this is a, this has been cyclical in our industry for decades and decades. And uh, we're in one of the ebbs where money's flowing out. And I think pretty soon we'll see it, it flow back in. So I think we're, we're right now in a, in a bit of a down uh, cycle for the golds. The copper, copper is almost at all time high. So we're seeing money flow that way. And it's just that we're, we're seeing one of those shifts where, Gold isn't the most favored commodity, but as you said, often it's the go-to space. And especially if the, the U.S. economy, the, the markets in the U.S. start to tick back, which fundamentally they should because P-E ratios are crazy. Um, and then people look at, well, what sector has a really good earnings uh, earnings profile compared to their trading? And I, have, I think you still have to look at mining and say, it's uh, it's trading at the low end compared to everything else. But it'll be the producers 
that can say that. that thing that's so I just wanted yeah. to ask you, like, you've seen a few cycles, you've built companies, you know, you must have an opinion on this because, you know, if you're going to, well, it looks like 80 million cash in the bank and, 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 and cash producing, you may not need to go back out to market anytime soon unless you've got a big acquisition lined up. But you can either go to the institutions who seem very keen on uh, investing in the space uh, or retail, perhaps, as you say, are, are looking elsewhere for a quick buck. Um, I guess it's not it's not something that you're going to have to try and navigate, but do you, do you see the kind of confusion out there in the marketplace? You know, are institutions very you know strong? Uh, is their conviction strong with regards to mining investment at the moment? I think the gold focused investors are right now. They've seen that um, they've seen a lot of the the stocks come off by um, from say Equinox, which is up at eighteen. They're now trading around eleven. Um, so you've seen them pair back. So they're, I think they're looking at it more and more as an opportunity right now. Uh, if the gold price is creeping back towards 1800, I think that is kind of a psychological number. If it breaks 18, I think we'll see more money flow in. And I think that there, there is good support. If you want to go um, build, a, build a mine or, or make an acquisition, I think there is reasonable support right now. And if we break through 1800, we'll see more. And just yesterday, we saw more M&A as First Majestic uh, did a transaction to acquire Rocks Gold. So we're, we're starting to see companies uh, try to position themselves to become bigger and generate more cash flow. And uh, they must, I believe those companies are seeing uh, the, the opportunity here with the pullback is perhaps now you make the, the right opposition, the acquisitions, and you'll profit from that when the when the markets start to uh, when the the cycle flows back our way. You'll be you'll be front and center, and usually the producers are first, uh, larger developers are second, and the expiration stories. Uh, that's a typical cycle as money flows back in. What we've seen over the last bit though is the pure single asset explorers are are the ones who are performing. There's companies with no cash flow, no permits to build a mine uh, out there. You know, Great Bear has a massive market cap. Uh, Newfound Gold that recently came, these companies have big market caps on these discoveries, um, but they have no cash flow. They have to generate, keep going to the market to raise money. And ultimately, um, if they're not taken over, they're going to have to come out, put out resources put out economic studies. And that's usually when reality hits the, the sector. And I think, and then it's after that, that you have the upturn again. And I think we're at the other end of the upturn. We're, we're permanent, we've got an operation and it's now build out the next operations which grow our company's production profile and our um, uh, our cash flow ultimately. Well said, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, Excited, right? I'll, I'll step back from the macro. I just, I'm always intrigued by you know people who have got the experience and, and know how you know how they how they read the market. You know, why does a South American play go and buy a West African play? You know, all of the, the, these things are important because it it, it tells tells us a lot um, where the psychological price is this week. It'll be somewhere else next. <laughs> I suspect. Um, can we can we just talk about? So we took South Otero, I understand uh, Gretchen project um, and see what you're doing there. But that's you're in for a PEA soon, aren't you? In the next few months, couple of months. Yeah, we're 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 not at the final stages, but we're we're actively um, 
getting ready to publish our preliminary economic assessment for Getchell. That's the newest acquisition in our portfolio. And uh, we, we are moving four drills underground and surface into the property. We'd like to be in a position to make a production decision by year end, at least internally be, be talking with our board about going ahead with uh, development of the underground. And the beauty of, of this project is it's under care and maintenance. So the capital is already being sunk and we are going to drill it off properly, do proper economic studies, um, get all the metallurgy rights so we know where and how we're going to process the ore and then make an informed decision at the end of the year as to whether or not we proceed with the, the production from that property. Um, the capital cost at that point will likely be less than 10 million for us to, to ramp it up into full production. And uh, much like South Arturo, the capital requirements for us to build out these operations is at the very low end of the entire gold market. And, um, and we look forward to, to being successful at building out our production profile over the next few years. And as I said, I think we built the right team to, to uh, both build and operate these mines for us. Okay, and um, with McCoy Cove, where, where's that at? I mean, how, how are you allocating cash time? On that one, because you sound like you sounds very aggressive. You've got a very aggressive plan, and like I say, you, you haven't taken a breather from Premier Gold. You're just going straight into it. I mean, tell us what's going on there, because I also want to talk to you about how where the, where the kind of growth component to this is, apart from the existing portfolio. The the McCoy Cove property is front and center for our future growth profile. Uh, it we we have advanced that to the point where we are permanent to go underground. However, we still have some permitting and, and acquisition of water rights that are required to go into full production, whereas South Arturo is fully permitted and um, it is in operation. So building out new operations, we don't need the water rights or any permitting. Um, the underground at, at Getchell that we're just, we just acquired is under care, maintenance and permitted. So those two have to take priority because we can advance them today Whereas McCoy Cove, we still have to do a bit of work. Um, we can go underground, take a bulk sample, do the underground drilling, prepare for production, but we still need uh, a few boxes to tick in order to go into full production. So I wouldn't expect that we'll advance that underground plan till at least 2022. And hopefully we'll be driving forward with it in 22, uh, having um, the... Getchell or the Pinson Underground Project at Getzel coming online, which will generate additional cash flow for our company. And in turn, we can put that cash flow into building our next offer. Do you feel invigorated now? It seemed to me you were slightly, felt slightly held back because the legal position, legal case in Premier Gold, you weren't able to accelerate at the pace that you wanted. You, you couldn't get things moving. I know that got resolved, but it then put you in a position where perhaps the best thing to do was to, to, in terms of best return, is to sell it. You did that. Is this, I've got something to prove? Is that how you feel? No, I don't think it's anything to prove. I, I, our flagship asset in Premier was the Hard Rock pro property. And um, we brought in a partner for the purposes of building it. And we ended up in a court case with them when it came time to build it. So as I think that probably the last year in Premier, year and a half, while under that 
lawsuit being carried out to try us trying to get our own project, as I felt, they they still had money, Sentara still had money to put in to earn their full interest, but basically took us to court to block the development of the project. And uh, I'd say it was a pretty frustrating year, year and a half, when there's a, a property you've spent 10 years taking from an expiration concept to being fully permanent and ready to build. And the partner you brought in to help you achieve your goal takes you to court is wasn't a fun year, but um, now that that's gone and we've got this new fully Nevada focused company, uh, it's, it is, uh, it's kind of fun to come to work again, I'd say is a good, good, good way to put it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Ewan, thanks very much for today. Really enjoyed listening to the story. Stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Be delighted to take that phone call. All right. Thanks a lot for having me on again. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.